welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors, and sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. For sports collecting news 24-7, visit SportsCollectorsDaily.com. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autograph, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is season four, episode 22. Drew, it's June. We made it to June. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It is. Wow. I mean, we're, we're inching closer to the national and my big trip. That's what I've, I mean, I've had my calendar set to that for like the entire year. So now we're getting close to that. And it's like, after that happens, what am, what am I going to start counting down to now? I mean, but yeah, that's it. We're, it's, yeah, June. Holy crap. <laughs> I know. It's very exciting. Well, guys, you're listening to Nationally Ranked Sports Card Podcast. And my name is Jeff Baker. I am your host. And those beautiful, mellifluous voice that you heard, that was my <laughs> from my friend and co-host from Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. Drew, we're, we're, we're on and, and rolling again. We are indeed. Yes, always good to be on here. Drew, why let let people know um, where they can find you on YouTube? I know you just posted a, a new video. Very exciting. Why don't you let people know where they can find you on YouTube? Yeah, if you just look up Drew's autographs on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash Drew Pelto. You can find it right there. Uh, if you want the easier way, just to go to an easy-to-remember link, go to dfwgrapher.com. That's my website. It has a link to my YouTube, to my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook stuff. It's all right there. So, yeah, dfwgrapher.com, probably the easiest place to find everything. Well, before we get going, I want to let everyone know about our, our, our radio show. A lot of exciting things happen with our radio show. We are uh, got a, uh, a new day that we're on. We've got uh, extended our contract. We're going through the end of the year. We've got all sorts of cool stuff. We've got some stuff that we're going to do with the Nationals. So, Drew, why don't you let people know about our radio show? Of course, it's called Sports Collectors Club. You can find that at sportscollectorsclub.com. And we're on the Sports Map Radio Network. We're going to be airing in about 100 different cities across the country. So if you can find us in your market, great. Tune in right there. We're on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, Sunday mornings at 7 Eastern. And if you can't find it there, you can always go and find the Sports Map Radio app. Download that. Listen to the show live there. Or you can find back episodes there at sportscollectorsclub.com. Yeah, guys, we have we have a lot of uh, cool content on the radio show. But you know what? We save all our special great content for what we love, the podcast, because we take the blinders off. We're the shackles are off on the podcast and Drew and I just talk, talk and talk and talk until we, 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 you're tired of hearing about us. So, <laughs> so thank you all, all the guys that, that have been listening women as well. We, we, we've got a lot of ton of new listeners lately. So welcome, welcome. We, we, we love to hear from you. Drew, why don't you let people know how they can reach out to us? That's pretty simple. Just uh, email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. We can easily respond to you there. We also have our text line, which is 978-729-0662. He is the best. He knows the text line and everything. I'm so happy to work with Drew. He's such a professional. I Guys, cheated, I'll admit right there. I cheated and had to look on the, the sheet over here and scroll down to it. But <laughs> I'll, I'll admit his, to that one at least. <laughs> he's got it on his cheat sheet, but that's very cool. Well, um, we you know we always like to talk about our, our week and uh, 
I have uh, my daughter graduated from college a couple of weeks ago and we're having a, a party for her on Sunday. So I just want to again, congratulate my daughter on, on a huge accomplishment on graduating college. And, uh, you know, it's it was sports wise, uh, collecting wise, I haven't had uh, much. I, I don't think I picked up any cards this week. So it's been a, a slow week in terms of picking up cards. Uh, but it was a great week. The, the Celtics uh, started the NBA playoffs and a, Surprised everyone the other night and won the first game. We're recording this on the 4th, June 4th in the morning. So we got a, a game uh, t- uh, Sunday night, Celtics and, and uh, Golden State, and should be a good series. And, and I'm surprised that they won, honestly. But, uh, you know, it's the the we, we always say watch the playoffs, especially the NBA and, and hockey, because that's when guys uh, – come out of their shells and, and the, the values increase, right? As a collector, you want to watch the guys that are having the great, the great, um, the great playoffs. And one guy that kind of surprised me a little is Al Horford. You know, he's been playing, he's been around for a while and I bet his card increases in value. Don't you think? It's a good likelihood that, I mean, yeah, he just seems, I mean, like you said, he's a veteran, he, but at the same time, he's got to come out of nowhere too, because he's been a solid player for a long time, but not really a big star at all. So for him to have, you know, a couple of good games there, Definitely helps things out. And it always happens in the hockey world too. I mean, you look, my, my exact, my biggest, the biggest one I remember is back in 2005 when the Tampa Lightning won the Stanley Cup for the first time. Yeah. Brad Richards was already kind of a big star already, but not like a huge one at all. But, you know, one who was getting a little bit uh, noticed, he ends up winning the playoff MVP award. And uh, I literally, the night that he won the playoff MVP award, I sold a signed puck of his for $50. So, uh, once in a while, somebody could take a really big spike right there. And I mean, if anybody out there is paying 50 bucks for a Brad Richards puck right now, they're overpaying. I'll just put it right. that way. I so, mean, yeah. well, what was the guy's name? The guy from uh, Buffalo the, that got four touchdowns in, in the playoff game. Remember? Oh, Reason. God. Yeah. I'm just, trying to think of that. Recent, yeah. Just recently. And yeah. for about two weeks, his card was was going through the roof. Yep. And I, I think it was Gabriel Davis, I think, was his there name. There you go. That sounds right, yeah. And I bet if you went and tried to find a, a Gabriel Davis card now, you could, he's, in, he's probably back in the dollar bin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it, it, there is an opportunity to, to make some uh, money, and guys' cards are increasing in value. And I bet you know, two weeks ago, Al Horford's rookie card, you could probably get for a dollar or two dollars. And, you know, if he has a, a, a great playoffs and becomes the MVP of the playoffs, which is possible, uh, you know, I, I bet his card goes up to 10 or 10 or 20 dollars. Yeah. Uh, the, so you got to watch the playoffs and we're looking forward to the Celtics and, and the um, Golden State Warriors series. And the other series that that we're really watching is the Avs series, the Avs in Edmonton. Edmonton came out and went crazy the first game. And what they score, score like seven or eight goals or something. It was crazy. Eight and then six final. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean, and, then, yeah. and then the other day, they it was a shutout. Yep. <laughs> they got shut out. So you don't know. I mean, it, you know, Connor McDavid is is a, a huge star. And, uh, you know, if he has a, a crazy semifinal or final, his his uh, card will go through the roof. And then the Rangers in, in, in Tampa, that's been a, is a good series as well. So I think the hockey has been fabulous, don't you? Yeah, Colorado and Edmund, Edmonton series, that has the star power in it out of the two. I mean, yep. Tampa has an excellent team, but no real big names in it. And if you look at the other side there, I mean, you've got probably the biggest name in hockey right now, Connor McDavid that you mentioned. Leon Dreisaitl is probably the second best player on the ice right there. But then you've got Colorado who has both star power and depth with, you know, Kale McCarr back on defense. They've got Nathan McKinnon up front. 
but yet they've still got so many really great players on there too. And that's another series where the unsung heroes have come through Darren Helms scoring the series winner last round. But uh, yeah, I've mentioned before my wife's a Colorado fan and definitely excited to see them up two games to none here to start things out and definitely a must win for Edmonton in game three. Yeah, I agree. It's been, it's a, it's a fun series. And, and my favorite is, is, is playoff hockey. I love playoff hockey. And obviously with the, with the Celtics and I know, I, I know you're, you're, you're putting your thumbs down with the Celtics, but. <laughs> well, I don't like golden state either. So it's like, this is like, uh, I, I, I'm cheering for the Celtics just because it's like, uh, they're, they're not the warriors basically. I, you know what, from afar, I think the Celtics team is a likable team. I think they're a hardworking yeah. team. I don't, you know, I think they're, they're um i think they play tough so and they play great defense so uh you know i'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna win the series because i really think golden i think golden state is fabulous and uh steph curry uh the other night oh my god he was just throwing him in left and right but he's one ankle turn away from being uh you know hobbled so i guess you know i I never root for injuries but we're gonna still something gotta watch out our fingers that he he doesn't put up 50 every every game but drew how was your week you got anything big coming up uh not really got this week off from any in-person graphic and next weekend as well so uh finally a little chance to rest here and uh save up the energy before the big trip and everything got two more teams coming in at the end of the month that i'll be uh, going and checking out but i did back on last saturday get to go for uh san antonio again so i was able to get adrian morejon who of course you know kind of a Big name young star for the Padres. He was down in San Antonio on a uh, rehab assignment. So I got a couple of cards signed by him while he was there. Um, but I looked through my stack of, okay, who else did I get? Reggie Lawson, who's one of their top 30 prospects. Uh, Michael Baez, another guy who's a big bullpen arm, was down on a rehab assignment. Got him to sign a couple of times. Uh, Tirso Ornelas, another top 30 guy for them. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Esturi Ruiz, I think, is their number 30 prospect right now. He's... Not a big signer, but I was able to get him three times across two days, so I'm pretty happy to uh, knock at least a few of those out. Um, yeah, and I think that was about it. Domingo Leba, he's at least been up in the major. He's not a major prospect now, but he has a few end, uh, major league cards. So, yeah, pretty decent there on my one in-person outing from the past week. Uh, picked up a few items in trades and purchases. Got a uh, 1990 Diamond Kings Kevin Mitchell that I picked up on nice. eBay at a decent price. I mean, he signs through... Uh, pass pros for 20 bucks i think it is but if you can land a card signed by him for nine bucks instead of 20 you take that any day yep i look for that all the time and then grabbed a few uh heritage minor cards signed got a six more of those to add to the set so i'm up to uh 28 out of 220 on that now so i'm over 10 percent at least but i've got a goal of trying to get to 25 percent of that done by the end of the year if i can and i think a pretty pretty nice uh, dent into it to start things out here well Drew actually uh, put in for his time off in a couple. He's going yes. in about a month. He'll be going on uh, on a two or three week trek all across the country in terms of going to different minor league games. He's coming out to the uh, national and he's coming up to Boston. Him and I are going to go see a game up in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, so we're going to, well, while Drew's on the road, we're going to have some live uh, cut-ins and we're going to, we're going to record some Drew on the road, right? Yep. <laughs> Uh, things and we'll we'll let you guys know how he's doing, how he's getting his, how the autographs are coming, how the seats are, how the I want ballpark food. That's ballpark food review. That's your your number one uh, thing you got to do, my friend. <laughs> I can definitely do that. I can. I did this in 2018 too, and uh, 
my entire trip for 2018 came out to like an hour and a half long. So uh, I'm going to shorten them down into, you know, multiple uh, like 10 minute segments or something like that. But uh, I'm going to try to do one every day where it's going to have, you know, like a little short tour of the ballpark, maybe what I got in the autographs. And of course, some kind of ballpark food items, because there's uh, I mean, I had some really good ones in 2018 and a few really bad ones, unfortunately, too. But hopefully there's a lot more good ones this time. around. Yeah. So you can follow Drew on social media, but you're well, you can also follow his trip here. We're going to do it. We'll do it every week. And uh, maybe we'll have a special uh, Drew on the road segment. We'll 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 post some ex- extra ones during the week. And then obviously Drew and I will be together at the national. We guys, we you know Drew and I have been friends for for uh, I don't know four or five years now, but we've never actually met in yep. person. So we can actually be first time we'll meet in person. We'll be at the national, and we will uh, we're gonna we're planning a little uh, listener event at the national, and we'll we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. And uh, we're going to really focus on on pre-national uh, up until leading up to the show. We'll have some cool stuff at the national, and then we'll have a, a national review. So we're going to be very national-centric for the next uh, next month and a half, two months. Um, we've got a great show coming up. We have all our regular segments, right, Drew? We do indeed. We have Baker's Dozen, where we'll cover everything in hobby news from the past week. We've got more from Les. Les Wolf going to be joining us talking about collecting on a budget. I am really looking forward to that one because that's me right there. We've got Making the Grade. We're going to cover everything in the world of grading cards. Uh, stamp of approval, just covering anything that we come up with for that uh, we want to give our thumbs up to from the last week or so. The Vern Rap Minute, covering all the celebrity and sports and political deaths from the past week. And, of course, the big reason why we're here, our TTM returns. Yeah, we I was I would give us a call, a solid C this week for returns. It wasn't a great week. We also want to uh, let you know we have uh, a cool interview coming up. We have Jeff Hofer. Jeff is director of marketing, marketing director at Panini America. So Jeff comes on and talks about what's going on uh, with the hobby and with Panini, and it's really uh, cool. Jeff's only been in the job for about five months now, so um, he get, brings a new perspective to the position. And we really talked to Jeff about things that are happening with Panini. And then next week, we're going to have Brandon versus Saul. Brandon is the creator and editor and uh, video guy and basically producer of uh, The Cards Life, which is a great TV show. And they're going to launch the second season on the June 15th. And we're going to talk to uh, Brandon next week about the second season. But as uh, Drew said, we have all our regular segments. If you want to send us some feedback, if you want to send us a, a some a message if you would, uh, are interested in being a guest on the show if you want to uh you have a question for drew myself or less all you have to do is email us and the email address is drew ttmcast at yahoo.com see i let him do that he just does it so <laughs> professionally I, I i'm like an amateur drew is just like and it's ttmcast.yahoo.com <laughs> I wish I had that voice. I really do. And then, guys, we have our text line, which is 978-729-0662. You can text us as well. Um, I check it all the time. So it's 978-729-0662. That's for all our new listeners as well. You can go to our website, which is ttmcast.com. All the information is there. All our contact information is there. All our show information is there. All our old shows are there. So if you want to catch up on any of the shows that you missed, you can find them there as well. I think that wraps up our, our inter- introduction. Do we have a long introduction this week? We're going to go right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com. 
Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Well, Baker's Dozen is a, our new segment, summary of the new segment and what's been going on in the hobby. And, uh, you know, I just want to remind everyone to check out my article on sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's a, a cool article on TTMing and autograph tips. And Drew always helps out uh, providing information. So I want to credit credit Drew. I always try to mention, mention him in every article, and I, I really appreciate his support. So uh, it posts every Monday, usually, or, or Tuesday morning. Check it out. It's sportscollectorsdaily.com. It's a cool article uh, every week. Um, they usually put it, uh, you know, in like a hobby news or, or uh, you know, something's going on in the hobby. And you can find you can find it. It's usually right there uh, at the top for four or five days of, of that segment. So check it out. It is called it's a, just look for TTM, TTM autograph collecting. And I have a brand new article every week on sportscollectorsdaily.com. Well, Drew, we have some auction news to report. We do. Uh, gray flannel auctions uh, coming up in the final days of their auction. Uh, as I said, recording this on the 4th, and their auction ends on the 6th of June. But there's a 1988 Wayne Gretzky jersey up there right now for auction. I think that was the last year the Oilers won a cup with Gretzky. So uh, $1.1 million is what the bidding is up to right now. I believe the most expensive hockey jersey ever sold is what that's going to come out at so uh definitely cool to see that i mean that is a heck of a jersey to own right there yep and drew what's the most expensive one do you know you remember? Oh God. we talked about this a couple days ago and i'm trying that's why to... that's why i'm quizzing you this one was 72 <laughs> canada cup right yeah pat stapleton pat stapleton the, there we the go jersey the jersey he wore when he wants to score the, the game the game winning goal of the the canada cup in 1972 that's the most expensive jersey. This one is now the most expensive jersey, and it's actually had champagne stains on it, which is kind of cool. <laughs> so if you have an extra, I don't know, $1.5, $1.8 million lying around, you want a cool jersey. I don't even know if it's autographed, honestly, but check it out. It's great flannel auctions, and we'll let everyone know what the, the final price is at. I mentioned earlier that we're going to have Brandon Versal, the producer of the Cards Life On, to talk about uh, their second season. They just recorded a Boston show a couple weeks ago, and I was uh, interviewed, and I'm going to be featured on the show. So it's going to be uh, on June 15th. It's on the Bally Sports uh, Network across the country, as well as on uh, Masson and and um, in Maryland area, and Nesson in the New England area, and MSG in New York area. So it's all across the country. It's called The Card Life. It is a great show. It's all about... Um, Baseball cards. It's hosted by Matt Strom, pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, and uh, I got a couple things signed for from uh, by Matt for Drew and I when I, when I got to see him, which is kind of cool. He's a a really nice guy. Uh, so and I'll be featured. So we'll when it comes out, we'll let everyone know. It's going to be June fifteenth. We have Brandon Versal on next week to talk about uh, their first season as well, wrapping up their first season and entering their second season. And then when it's available online, we'll let everyone know because uh, you know you can make fun of me as a uh, on TV, which is which is never a bad thing. 
Uh, guys, we have some uh, TTM news, some good TTM news, and no, and, and some bad. I guess they're both bad TTM news, right, Drew? Yeah, they are. Unfortunately, uh, my fellow Emerson College alum Henry Winkler been a solid signer for a long time. He has started sending notes back and says that he is done signing by mail. So uh, that news just started making the rounds here this last week. So if you missed out on him like I did, unfortunately, you you you, you missed your window there on him. So uh, Henry Winkler, the Fonz. No longer signing. So, uh, yeah, uh, sad to hear that. Purdy's been, I think he may have been having some health issues a little bit here recently as well. Yeah, so I it think might so be, too. It might be part of the reason there behind that. Um, another one, this one came back to me this past, uh, actually just yesterday in my mailbox, and it is uh, Olympian Eric Hyden, multi gold medal winner there in the world of speed skating. He is now charging $25 per autograph. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, a little bit outside my price range. My friend uh, Chris, who was interviewed on here a couple months ago, Gave me a couple of cards and said, hey, yeah, if you want to send off to him here, we'll 50-50 these. I'm like, yeah, no problem. We'll mail them out. And got him back with a note saying, yep, going to be 25 bucks per. I'm like, I don't think so on this Oh, one. he didn't sign him? Did not sign. No, just send a, didn't sign, send a note back saying, hey, 25 bucks. And I'm Oh, that's to too bad because he, he was a great signer and he signed yeah. for free. I got him I got him a couple months ago. Yeah, he was, I mean, card. yeah, great signer forever. And what some people don't, what a lot of people don't know is he was a two sport athlete as well. He got into cycling after uh, his speed skating career, did a lot there. So, I mean, that's, you know, two, not exact. I mean, they're definitely not in the big four sports there, but uh, did a lot in both those worlds. And of course, I mean, got a doctorate from Stanford, I think it was too. So guy that's, you know, got some athletic talent as long as well as some uh, mental talent there as well. Yeah. You, you're a little young. Do you remember him when he was, when he skated in the Olympics? I don't. The first American speed skaters I really remember were Bonnie Blair and Dan Jansen. So he was just before I kind of started following everything. The thing about Eric Hyden is he had, you know, they wear those skin tight suits, right? He has the biggest thighs other than I think Earl Campbell. He was just, he was just, he was just a monster there. And he, he was great uh, on uh, the ice. So it's too bad that he's not charging, but you know, $25 is, is kind of a lot, but the price to go, do TTM has gone up, right? The price of stamps yeah. is going up at the end of July. And we'll remind everyone that, you know, if you, you need stamps, I think July, like 15th or something, they're going, they're going up. Uh, so if you need stamps, you should definitely make sure you pick up stamps. And uh, these guys are all, they're either stopping signing or they're, they're asking for money. And, you know, I guess you can understand it. It's, you know, we're the, we're our own onerous enemy, Drew, right? Because we're, yeah. when, when, you know, five years ago when we were doing this, there weren't that many people doing TTM, but all of a sudden, it, you know, it's become very, very popular, which is great for us. We really love it. But, you know, all of a sudden now these guys are getting inundated with requests and you can understand it. They, 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 they know they go on eBay and they see that people are sell, selling their stuff and they're like, well, if they're going to sell those stuff, I want a piece of the pie. And it's, it's, it's part of the game, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we mentioned um, last week, and this is kind of cool, uh, Bike Sports Cards Marketplace, they hit um, a million cards. Well, you know what? They're 1,850,000 cards now. They're the first marketplace in 13 years since COMC to hit a million cards. C, uh, uh, BSC launched in March of 2019, and I just want to congratulate them. It's a it's a great place, another place to buy cards in, in, in you know, we don't want to be relied on just one source like eBay. And uh, there's another place to, to find cards. So I would check it out. Buy sports cards is a, is another marketplace and congratulations to them on, on reaching 1,850,000 cards, which is 
fabulous since March of 2019. Actually, well, Drew, we have some uh, more signings for the National that announced that they're, they're coming fast and furious now. Yeah, uh, before I get into that, I did check out a BSC for the first time here this past week because for my trip, I'm going to need to buy a whole lot of cards for getting autographs on and everything. And one of my big concerns, you know, you look at like COMC, they had so many issues in getting stuff shipped out there over the last couple of years or so. And, right. and, they, and their shipping costs are kind of crazy. They're like mm-hmm. three something or right. It was yeah. three fifty or something for to ship a card. So if you want to buy a dollar card, who wants to spend five dollars to 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 buy a dollar card that, you know, I have bought from them, but mm-hmm. it, I only I try to make it if it's I'm going to buy something for like 15 or 20 dollars, mm-hmm. I'll buy from them. And I've had issues with uh, on sport lots as well. I mean, there are some great sellers on sport lots, but there's one guy that I have accidentally bought from about four times now who will literally sit on your order until you complain and say, hey, I haven't received it yet. Then he'll say, oh, yeah, here, here's the tracking. And he just put in the like that day, basically. So I've gotten some issues with them as well. So I checked in with uh, BSC there. I, even, I emailed him and said, look, I've got this big trip coming. I need to buy a whole lot of cards for it. What's your standard fulfillment shipping time there? And he said, the, the, I got a response literally like an hour later. And they said, typically, uh, it's a matter of days. You should have your cards in under a week. And it's like, all right, that is, that's a big relief. So I'm definitely going to be looking at them for buying stuff for, my, uh, for the trip this summer. Well, I'm actually worried. I'm interviewing the president of BSC next week. His name's Connor, Connor Warren. He's a young kid. He's only 25 years old. Um, and I'm going to interview him, and we'll have him on the show in a couple weeks. Great, great. So, yeah, as you were saying, the national signers, we've got a whole bunch of them that have been added to the list this week. Uh, in the paid signers, you've got Paul Krause, Willie Lanier, Andre Reed, Joe Theismann, Charlie Ward. So some big names there from the football world or for Ward, both football and basketball. Uh, from baseball, Hall of Famers, Burt Blylevin, Wade Boggs, Ricky Henderson, Reggie Jackson, Tim Raines, Dave Winfield, all added to the list this week as well. Hockey Hall of Famer Dennis Potvin is on the list, as is the great boxer Thomas Hearns. And we've had a few names added, added to the uh, VIP list as well. We mentioned before, there's one VIP signer we we're still waiting to hear from. That has been added to the list with Rico Petroselli, the former Red Sox infielder, getting added on there. And we have our guests for the Wednesday VIP party named as well. And this is a name, one of them is a name that I kind of mentioned in passing a little bit last week that I heard he was going to be on the list, but didn't want to say anything until it was confirmed. Well, that's been confirmed now with Bernie Perrant being added. The Flyers Hall of Fame goalie is going to be there signing free on Wednesday. We've also got Ron Jaworski, the uh, Eagles quarterback and a great ESPN commentator. And Philly's great Greg Luzinski, all going to be there signing free at the Wednesday VIP party. So any complaints that I had about that VIP autograph list definitely looks a little bit better now with those three guys. And I mean, those four guys, really, Petroselli being added there as well. I agree. Well, well, you know what? We'll do a mea culpa, right? We yep, yep. <laughs> we were bitching and moaning before all the all the information was in, and and those are three great guys. So, uh, y- you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll 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 bite bite the bullet, say sorry, sorry, coach. <laughs> <laughs> but those that's really cool, guys. Um, tickets are now on sale. Um, you just go to nsccshow.com. Uh, the national again is uh, in July from the 27th to the 31st and 31st in Atlantic City. Um, you will be sick of hearing about the national from us, but we are so excited about it. And it, it, it is our the industry and hobby event. And we just want to make sure 
that everyone, if even if you are not going to the national, you know what's going on. You can plan for the next year, and uh, we're going to try to make it like that. You're you're there without spending the thousands of dollars that Drew and I are spending. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a lot of new releases this week, so uh, very cool. I love you know it's where we're in summer started, and there's all sorts of stuff new new stuff coming up. Um, this uh, this the 2020 21. Bowman University basketball came out earlier in the week. You get 24 packs, four cards per pack, two autos per box. And those boxes are going between $150 to $175. So it's 2021 Bowman University basketball. And, uh, you know, Tops and Bowman, they're trying to put the, that, that Bowman uh, name on other, other sports other than baseball. So it's, I know there was, there's a university football that came out, and now there's university basketball. So check it out. 2021 Bowman University basketball for about 150 to $175. Got one very hotly anticipated product hitting the shelf this week. 2021 Panini Prism football is coming out. Hobby box are going to be 12 packs per box, 12 cards per pack. So 144 cards per box right there. Two autographs, five inserts, it's a 440 card base set. Price going up big on this now, $1,400 for a hobby box. I mean, Prism started out as kind of a lower, kind of a low to medium end brand there, now getting up into the uh, the higher echelon there. So good to see it coming out, but a little bit outside my price range, I got to say. Yeah, I saw a couple of breaks. The cards look great. Um, a lot of rookies in there, a lot of lot of uh, color in there. I, you know, it, I, it's out of my price range too, but, you know, we always say if you're, if the, the, not everything's kind of affordable, you can make it affordable, right? If you want to, you don't have to just buy the carrot, uh, collect every set. There's players that you like, there's teams that you like, you can buy them on, uh, on eBay or, or these other marketplaces and, and pick them up. You can also get involved with breaks and, and, uh, and purchase the teams that you like through breaks. So, um, you know, no, no card is, or no set releases out of your price range. And if, if Prism uh, football is your, your thing, which just came out, check it out. I know $1,400 is way out of my price, price range for a hobby box. If I ever spent that, my wife would divorce me. But, you know, to spend $100 on, on, on all the Patriots guys, that you know, that, that's a little more affordable, right? Yeah. So another one that, that's coming out. This one's coming out uh, next week. It is the 2022 Top Series 2 Baseball the checklist is that have been released and it's been uh, really panned by the hobby uh, and collectors. It's lacking a lot of the expected rookies. Uh, Torkelson's not there. Uh, Rodriguez is not there. There's a lot of guys that you would thought would be in series two that are not, that are probably going to be an update. But anyway, the, the hobby boxes are coming out and jumbo boxes for a hobby box. You get 24 packs plus one silver pack, 14 cards per pack. There's 330, uh, cards in the series two uh it is the, the flagship right it's 125 dollars for hobby box and 200 dollars for a jumbo box i love the jumbo packs if the, you know you're collecting a set it might be worthwhile to spend the extra money and get the the jumbo i have kind of gone back and forth uh, as to whether i'm gonna buy these or i might just wait and uh just buy the set uh i don't i don't know because i have i have basically the first the series one done and i just don't i i think i might just buy the series two set because uh you know just to just have one of every card and not not worry about all the the special lottery type cards what do, what do you think drew 
Yeah, I've always liked buying just, you know, straight factory sets because you can usually find them at Target or Walmart typically. And I mean, it's going to run you about usually for Series 1, Series 2, just for the base set together, you're going to be paying under $100 there. Yeah. Whereas with the uh, boxes, you're paying over 100 for just a single series of boxes and not be guaranteed the full set. So with the set, with, you know, buying the factory set, you miss out on the inserts and stuff. But if the big thing you want is the set, go for that. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I think I'm, I'm disappointed that, you know, if you're chasing these rookie guys and they're not even in the, then they're in it. I'll just probably just wait for the update and buy the updates when they come out. Yeah. Yeah. I've got another one from Panini coming out this week. The 2021-22 Panini Noir set is going to be hitting the shelves. You get a 10-card pack in a box. You get four autographs, three base or parallel cards, and three memorabilia cards. So a lot of good stuff in there. It's going to run you $2,900, though, for a box of that. So it's definitely one of the more popular kind of high-end products, though, that I've seen. So cool to see that one coming out. And if that's your thing, hey, go for it. And I'm looking forward to see, uh, seeing what comes out of it. Yeah, the, the cards are very pretty. They, they are very nice cards. Uh, one other thing uh, that just got released the other day, these are now in stores, and we're talking about the Bowman 2022 Mega Boxes. They're only retail. There's 10 packs, four cards per pack, plus you get two uh, bonus five-card Chrome uh, packs, which is kind of cool. And they're all, they're $45, which is a pretty good price point. Uh, I love the Bowman uh, 2022. I've been, I got a bunch of uh, blaster boxes and stuff. Um, I don't know if I'm going to pick up a, a mega because I, I think I need about seven cards for the set. So <laughs> I'll probably just finish the set when we go to the national, but it's kind of a, a, a good deal. You get a lot of cards and plus to get the, the five card uh, bonus Chrome uh, packs, which are neat uh, for 45 bucks. Check them out. Bowman 2022 mega boxes. I saw them there at target and at Walmart um, and they're pretty plentiful. So if you're into Bowman, it, it might, it's a nice way if you haven't picked up any Bowman yet. Um, well, Drew, I think that wraps up Baker's Dozen for the week. We had a long Baker's Dozen, and we're, we're going to go right into uh, my interview and my favorite segment with uh, Les Wolf. It's called More from Les. And uh, this week, we're going to talk to Les about collecting on a budget. So enjoy my talk with Les Wolf. And now it's time for More from Les with hobby legend Les Wolf. And guys, now it's time for my favorite segment, More From Less with hobby legend, Mr. Les Wolf. Welcome, Les. Well, the le first off, let's get things straight. The real legend in this whole thing is this guy named Jeffrey Lee Baker. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know who, I don't know who he is, but... <laughs> Jeff Baker is the real legend for putting together what he's doing. And this is just a great show to be on and be a part of. And... The best part about the whole thing is be really connecting with you collectors out there and helping you to learn how to properly collect, invest, protect, and preserve memorabilia. Yeah, I mean, that's the why we have less. Less it knows more about autographs and collecting than just about anyone in the world. And he is an expert and he's here to help us, including me, because I always learn something from Les. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about uh, how to collect on a budget, which is uh, really important to us. We've got the national coming up and uh, economy is a little tough with gas going through the roof and inflation and we want to really help you guys out and how to best uh, maximize your your spending right lex yes. absolutely um so, the first thing when you're collecting on a budget is to establish believe it or not what that budget actually is because <laughs> i i've found myself when i look at a collection and i try to budget what i think it's going to cost me I usually go over 
because there's a couple of things that you that a lot of people don't factor in. One of which, believe it or not, which happens to be one of the the most important things is what it's going to actually cost to authenticate the stuff. So, you you know, you a lot of times I tell people if you feel comfortable with the person you're buying it from, make sure that you let them know that you want the option to be able to return something if something's not authentic. And if the person is an honest person, yes, they will allow you the option to return the item. If they're, if they're trying to be a little deceitful or they know something's not authentic, then they're going to look to say, listen, all sales are final. And I would tell, I tell most people just walk away. Don't uh, just say, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure seeing your stuff and walk away because you don't want aggravation. Um, once you've established, let's say it's $100 for that particular item you want. And let's say the item costs $500. What I, what I allow people, I'm not sure a lot, I think some dealers do, but not a lot of dealers do, is I know I don't want to lose that item as the collector. As the dealer, I don't want to lose the sale either. So what I tell people to do is say to the dealer or whoever, listen, I want to buy that, that uh, autograph from you, but I don't have the money, but can I pay you installments? And I've done that for numerous collectors out there because I, I, didn't have, I never had that luxury. It's either I had the money in my pocket or I didn't. So I tell people to do that. And also another thing is putting, putting that purchase on a credit card, mainly because it protects you. You, in, you can do it friends and family, whatever you want, but once you have it on a credit card, if there should be a problem, you can get your money back. A number of years ago, there was a, there was a dealer out there that was selling babe, um, Mickey Mantle 8x10s. And a number, a number of us Mickey Mantle experts, this is about 25 years ago, purchased it from this dealer. We didn't know who we got it from. We found out later on where they came from. And a couple of the other dealers involved did not buy it on a credit card. I did. And I spent that, that time was $5,000. And I got my money back. The other dealers, because they bought it in cash, did not. So that's another thing. And more important, if you spend a few dollars more to buy it from someone like myself that's been in the hobby that cares more about his reputation than whether or not the autograph is, is real or not real, more often than none, my autographs are authentic. But you want to also make sure you get it from someone reputable. Because I can tell you stories about some authenticators that are out there now, not the Jimmy Spence's, but other ones that a couple of my clients bought stuff from. And 20, 30 years later, they refuse to give them their money back. And I, I tell people what I do is if you bought something for me 10, 15, 20 years ago, show me the receipt or hopefully I remember the autograph. And what I'll do is I'll give you a credit towards something else. And I am not obligated by law. I think it's five years or seven years for a refund of any sort or any credit, but I feel bad. So I'm the one that takes the loss on my, it comes upon me, but try to stay within that budget. But if you see something you have to have, ask the dealer to give you a range, work out an arrangements that you could pay that dealer off in time. Now, in terms of autographs, Les, do you look for guys that aren't don't sign as much? Uh, and I don't know. I'm just picking a name. Say Mariano Rivera. He at one time he was never he wasn't signing, but 
but now he's signed, he's starting to sign a lot. If you're going to a show, are you go are you looking for the guy that might only be making one appearance a year as opposed to a guy like Wade Boggs who signs everything and anything? Is is there is is that a consideration when when you're spending your money? Um yes and no. It depends on the, what who you're collecting. Uh I, I would say you want to try to get the guy that doesn't sign a lot because of course he'll he'll maintain his value, but you also want to get the guy that you want. So it's like a it's like a catch twenty two. You know, half of one, a dozen of another. You want to collect the guy that you really want to get. Like Mariano Rivera, the first time he did a show it was like twenty five dollars. I didn't think he was going to be that good. I didn't buy any, but the net, you know a couple of shows later on, I bought some stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we have the national coming up and there's whatever, there's a hundred guys signing. And, and obviously, you know, you want it, you want it everyone, but you got to make a decision on who, who you're going to get. Um, is it really just, again, uh, make yourself happy and, and collect something that you're really into? Or uh, you, should you look at as an, an investor and say, uh, you know, Joe Montana only doesn't sign that much and I, I should get a Joe Montana as opposed to getting Brooks Robinson who signs for everybody? Um, that's a tough question. I usually tell people, collect who you want. You know, like, like, a, like, ironically, if you spent the two hundred fifty dollars to get a Joe Montana to sign something for you, you're you're basically never going to get your money back. To be honest with you, right? Because he signed a lot, and his autograph only goes for a hundred, hundred fifty dollars if you're lucky to sell something on him. Um. Like the Ken Griffey signings. Griffey never did a signing. So the first uh, time around, everybody needed him on the Hall of Fame postcards and on baseballs. So everybody spent crazy money, I, me included. I needed him on the yellow postcard. They were like $500 each, plus the postage and plus the, uh, plus the cost to get the item and the time and everything. So I bought a couple of plaques and I got them signed. Now the prices drop down to like $300 to sign something. So I would say collect what you want. Like how about, um, you know, for a gift, we have Father's Day coming up and not an autograph photo or a ball or something be a, a great gift for, for a father. And guys, you can go check out uh, LesWolfSportsLLC.com has all sorts of cool stuff for, for your father, your father in your life. But if you, you know, if you're shopping for somebody for, for a gift, and you say, okay, I want to spend two hundred dollars. Um, should you just try to steer towards something that's going to increase in value, or again, just look for something that that might be special to that person for one reason or the other? What I often ask is the person, and I've had it happen numerous times. Okay, Jeff, your brother want you want to get a gift for your brother for Father's Day, or you you want to get something for your dad, who's his favorite player, who do you like? And let's say he says Mickey Man, okay. As a Mickey Mantle baseball, a photo, blah, blah, blah. The, the, I think the photo will fit more your budget than a baseball or whatever. And that's how you gear yourself towards. Now, how about in terms of um, making the purchase? Should you get a, a photo or, you know, you only have a limited budget, right? So should you get a photo? Should you get a ball? Should you get a jersey? Should you get a card? Is there is there something that's preferred that's either e easier to display or easier that will perhaps increase in value. What, what would you recommend? You know, you, you only, you have say $200 to buy, um, you know, something from Joe Namath say. 
Well, through the years, I mean, I've been mainly a photo collector. I love photos. Photos tells a story. A baseball is just a, somebody writes on a baseball or a football. It doesn't tell a story. A photo can tell you what happened that day. Roger Maris, 61st home run. There's the photo of him hitting the home run. You have a baseball signed by Roger Maris, but that doesn't tell you any story. So I, I always would say a photo, but as far as value-wise, baseball is by far more valuable than photos. More often than not, I sell more baseballs in a, in a given year than I do with, than any photos. Well, we got Father's Day coming up. Why don't you let people know where what you got some of the stuff that you guys have in, available in your shop uh, for for the sports fan? You know, because we, you know, it's always great to if you can get a gift to, for somebody that they just can't. You know, I always when I try to buy a gift, I try to get get a gift that they might not purchase for themselves, but they would really enjoy. And I think an autograph item is a perfect Father's Day gift. Oh, absolutely! It makes it makes for a conversation. I mean, anytime you pull out a a signed picture of Mickey Mantle and somebody said, wow, you got Mickey Mantle and the picture showing him uh, hitting his 500th home run or something like that. A story, a pictures tell a story. Baseballs are great to have great investment, but they don't tell any story except that he signed the baseball. Well, what are, what are a couple of things they have uh, for sale now? Uh, I've got plenty of Mickey Mantle photos and baseballs and Muhammad Ali and Joe DiMaggio just got in a beautiful Sandy Koufax, Brooklyn Dodgers jersey sign. I got in some uh, New York Giants champ, uh, Super Bowl champion hel- full-size helmets. You name it. I got, I've got probably my largest inventory I've had in years, and especially in boxing. And uh, next weekend, I'll be, coming, I'll be going up to the Boxing Hall of Fame for the boxing induction ceremony. And I have, for the first time ever, I'm going to have a John O'Sullivan handwritten letter, Robert Fitzsimmons type letter, uh, Muhammad Ali lithographs, James Jeffries eight by tens, uh, Arturo Gotti signed robe and shorts, Rocky Graziano gloves, Rocky Marciano eight by tens. I've never had this much of assortment in boxing ever, and I'm a huge collector, and it, it, it it's exciting, it really is, to be able to offer customers all over the world some of the best stuff in a particular sport like boxing you guys go check it out it's less wolf sports llc.com has all sorts of stuff we're of course talking with Les wolf the i don't know the legend the autograph legend he is he is the legend and we are tapping his brain learning how uh, how to collect on a budget uh if you have any questions for Les or myself you can just send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com and I'll forward it off to Les, or you can send it directly to Les at lwolf1823. That's L-W-O-L-F-F-1823 at AOL.com. The, uh, his email address is available on our site as well. You can just email us directly. Les is, uh, we, we tap Les's brain just about every week now to say, see what's going on in the hobby and autographs. And uh, Les, any other t- final tips for people that are, are, are planning on, on attending the national or, or, you know, trying to look for a, a Father's Day gift and, and are collecting on a budget? As far as a Father's Day gift, go in there with, with other relatives or friends and get a, get a really nice gift instead of getting something really chintzy. First off, that's I always tell people to do that. And as far as the national, the first thing, believe it or not, I'm going to tell you to do is book a hotel quickly. Book a hotel, hotel, hotel. 
and get you get your tickets that you want for the show because we haven't had a show on the East Coast now in quite a few years now because Hello, of the pandemic. So uh, it, it makes for an exciting, uh, it's going to be an exciting event. Yeah, I agree. We're going to talk a little more national, probably in a couple of weeks when we get a little closer to the show. We're actually, what, 60 days or, or less away from the national. So, Les, I want to thank you very much. I want to wish you have, have a great time at the uh, Boxing Hall of Fame uh, next week, and, and we'll catch up with you next week, okay? Sounds good, everybody. If you're not, if you if you're near Canastota, near Syracuse, stop by next Saturday. I'll be there from ten to three, showing you some amazing stuff, and have a great trip and have a great week and drive carefully. Thank All you. Right, thank, thanks, Les. Well, Drew, Les is always cool. He 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 knows more about autograph collecting than I think anyone I know. He always has great tips, and it's really neat to, to hear to him. Uh, to talk to you and I, right? We're, we're always talk. We're always collecting on a budget, and mm -hmm. he, you know, you got to understand that not not everyone can go out and buy a, a Babe Ruth autograph or or a Lou Gehrig autograph. And, and he was really uh, forthcoming and gave a gave some good tips. It definitely is great to hear that because I mean, there's so many like high end collectors that seem to look down on those who don't, you know, go out and spend, you know, the hundreds and thousands of dollars. And like like we said before, you know, Les is an absolute legend in the hobby. He's got, you know, stuff from all over the place in terms of different, you know, different eras, different points. So, yeah, it's good to hear that, you know, from somebody who knows all that kind of stuff, but still has a respect for the lower end collector as well. So, I mean, always, uh, always really great to hear from him. Yeah, well, next next week, Les will be joining us. He, he's going to talk about getting that um, hard to get autograph, right? Finding that get that hard to get autograph. There's all sorts of guys that you want to get an autograph from, uh, not necessarily through the mail, in person. I know Drew's very big in in-person autographs. So we talk about uh, some tips on how to get that hard-to-get autograph and also uh, getting some autograph, how to get autographs of people that have uh, passed away. So Les will be with us next week, and we'll talk about how to get that hard-to-get autograph. Well, we are done. We want to thank Les for joining us again, and uh, we're going to go right into making the grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community and a lot of stuff happening this week. We have some uh, May figures to announce and our uh, friends at CSG starting, want to let everyone know that starting on July 5th, they're going to be increasing their rates. Their bulk rate is going from $12 to $15. The economy rate is going from $20 to $25. Their standard is going from $30 to $35 and their express is going from $60 to $70. We're all obviously talking about grading per card. Um, so their rates are going up on July 5th. So get your orders in uh, with CSG. If you're planning on submitting anything for CSG, I recommend doing it this month because their rates are increasing. They are also, they're also improving their, their shipping um, and they're going to streamline some of their shipping stuff, which is hopefully save a little money there. But their rates are going up July 5th. So just keep that in mind. If you, you're planning on sending any cards to CSG, I would get them in before uh, July 5th. I got some grading numbers for the month of May in. Um, everybody keeping pretty busy. PSA graded 889,000 items during the month of May. That's up 8% from April. 
SGC also saw a 2% increase in their numbers. Uh, stuff from TCG and Pokemon is up massively across the board. 92% increase in uh, grading of Pokemon cards at PSA, 42% increase at Beckett, a 15% increase at CGC. So see another big surge in popularity right there among all of the uh, gaming cards there. So good to see the uh, companies do are uh, staying strong right there, staying on top of things. And I mean, yeah, just that the volume is uh, still there after all this time. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see that that the the T, TCG and Pokemon cards are up because that's the younger uh, arm of the hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Us old guys aren't collecting P- Pokemon per se, but um, you know, the kids if they they're they're out there collecting cards, that's great. And if the grading is up, that's fabulous. And I, and I'm for any time that our grading numbers are up across the board, that's good for the hobby. That means that there's still a lot of interest in the hobby. There's still a lot of money in the hobby because it's not cheap to get cards graded and when the the numbers are up that means our hobby is healthy well i just want to remind everyone about our friends at diamond service grading dsg grading they've been with us for a while they're a great sponsor of the show um and they are offering a five dollar coupon exclusive to ttm cast listeners all you have to do is use the ttm cast code coupon code which is four h m u g t z g once again it's for H-M-U-G-T-Z-G. Don't worry if you didn't write it down. It's available on our website. You get $5 off every card you get graded at Diamond Service Grading. That's DSG Grading. They have a cool uh, QR code on their label. All you have to do is scan the QR code. You view the details of why your card got the grading. Their standard submission is $30. Well, you're going to get it for $25. They have uh, air, different error labels to choose from. They also have overnight. You can send a card into them next day and you'll get it back the following day uh, which is really cool it's not 25 dollars or 30 dollars but the coupon code still still goes uh, i think it's about 125 or 150 dollars don't quote me on that but it, it, it it's a good service if you need a card to get graded diamond service grading they are at a uh, san francisco area they've been uh, grading cards uh, na- uh, nationally for more a little more than a year uh, and they are still re- meet they've been very busy but they are meeting their 30-day turnaround so check them out, Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. That wraps up making the grade. Next up, we will get our TTM Cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast stamp of approval. Well, Drew, you've been kind of like um, I don't know, like the 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 guy in the the story of the the cobbler with the shoe, right? You're just like making <laughs> stuff, and, yep. and you get it. You, you you wake up, and you got all this stuff you're making. You're very you're very creative, and you're a Renaissance man. Why don't you Why don't you do your TTM cast stamp approval first? All right. Well, mine goes to the cigar box guitar. And uh, if anyone has never heard of these, they go back to like dating back to the 1850s when cigars first got, started getting shipped in boxes instead of these like. Uh, crates and cases and barrels and stuff they're put in you know these small wooden boxes well somebody not long after that discovered well hey if you put a stick on this and then some strings you can make a guitar out of it and so for like the next 150 years it's become kind of this you know folk music folk art kind of a thing well eventually somebody discovered that boxes of national treasures cards from panini which come in a similar kind of a box can also be used to make guitars and so because of that, I made one a couple years ago and I had a lot of fun doing that. And so got some new tools and everything. And so I'm going to start making two more of those. Well, I actually have started on them a little bit here the other day, but I'm going to hopefully crank out two more of those. I'm hopefully going to have one with the national with me, but uh, unfortunately I don't have a way to show it on the show here at all, but this is the first one I made. Jeff, you can see it here on the video there, just 
Yep, Pretty you know, guys, we'll, po- we'll post it on. Drew will post it on his uh, on internet on his on his on the uh, his social media stuff. It's really a, a cool thing. And it gets kind of a, it gets a surprisingly good sound too. Because I mean, you think just you know, small box like that and a stick, it's like wow, really? But well, here I'll just. Uh... See, I told you he's freaking talented. This man. <laughs> There's more talented. He, he does so much stuff. It's so cool. And once in a while, I can crank out uh, Nobody's Fault But Mine by Led Zeppelin. Is the one song <laughs> that sounds really cool on it. But uh, I know. I'm still waiting. I'm going to bust your balls a little. I'm still waiting for the TTM cast uh, uh, jingle. You got you, I, I you have talked to the band about it. We're, we're hopefully going to come up with something. We're still... We're kind of we're we've got a lot we're trying to get together there, but yeah, we'll uh, hopefully have that going uh, pretty soon. I'm hoping. All right, we we'll we'll release that. Uh, that'll be that'll be that'll go platinum certainly. Well, Drew, thank you, <laughs> thank you very much for your stamp of approval. My stamp of approval is kind of is a company that that I stumbled across. I think I saw it on Facebook, and uh, the company is called Kojo Hockey. It's C O J O Hockey dot com, and they um, sell hockey memorabilia, signed hockey memorabilia. And what they, they have these kind of cool things. They're uh, like mystery signed pucks and mystery signed photos and mystery signed uh, photos of, of uh, hockey hall of famers. It's all hockey stuff. And they have all sorts of stuff. You can pick different teams if you want to, you want to purchase stuff from their website. Um, but I like the mystery stuff and uh, this is a really good deal. So you can get a hockey puck. Signed by like four or five different guys, and it's all these are mysteries, so you don't know who you're gonna get. Which I like every once in a while. And for twenty five Canadian dollars, which I know is probably is less than twenty bucks to US, right, Drew? It's I don't even know what I don't know what the conversion. I think yeah, it's pretty close to there. I think yeah. So for about twenty bucks, you you can take a shot. I love I love doing the mystery stuff, Um, and it's pretty cool. They also have you can get two signed photos for thirty dollars. This is Canadian as well, or you get a hockey hall of famer. I think those were thirty dollars. And uh, it's just, it's really a neat company. They have all, it's all hockey stuff. So it's really perfect for Drew and I, I sent Drew the, Drew, Drew the link and she, you can check it out. It's kojohockey.com. They are not a sponsor. I'm not getting a nickel out of this. This is, <laughs> this is just a great, uh, a really interesting company that I had never heard of. Um, and they have all sorts of cool stuff. If you do buy something, let me know. I'm, I think I'm going to, I think I might bite the bullet and, and just try take a shot on, on the pucks. I think for, 20 bucks to get to get a puck and they're also sorts of cool cool pucks there and i know i i I clicked on the maple leafs button and i clicked on the bruins button and they have tons of autograph photos of guys you can purchase as well so check them out kojo hockey c-o-j-o hockey.com well that wraps up ttm cast stamp approval for the week we're going to go right into our Vern rap minute Well, the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request to him. And we let uh, people, we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers, let people know uh, people who passed away in the world of sports and celebrity and politics. And this week we lost a, a few people. Uh, first, we lost Arlene Cottle. Uh, Arlene, Arlene uh, played uh, in the Women's Professional Baseball League uh, back in the 40s. And uh, she played for the Muskegon Lassies, the Kalamazoo Lassies, the South Bend Blue Sox, 
She was an infielder and she was a very good TTMer. I checked and she was a very good TTMer. She's featured in the Hall of Fame exhibit. And, uh, you know, she was 88 years old. So we're sorry for your loss. Uh, Alden Roche died this week and and a nine season NFL veteran played with Denver, Green Bay and Seattle as a defensive end. Second round pick in 1970 by the Denver Broncos played through 1978. Solid TTMer as well. He was 77. Yeah, and he played on the um, the first Seattle team, I believe. I think he was on the mm-hmm. first Seattle uh, Seahawks team. So uh, it's uh, you know, I know he was a pretty good TTM. We lost uh, Marion Barber. Marion Barber was only thirty eight years old. He played seven seasons, mostly with Dallas Cowboys. His finished career with the Chicago Bears. He was a running back. He was a Pro Bowler in two thousand and seven. Um, he was not a TTM. He passed away. He was only thirty eight. Uh, one from a baseball world, Costin Shockley. He played for the Phillies and the Angels in 1964 and 65. Hit a home run in his second at bat of his career against the uh, playing against the Reds. First baseman outfielder. Uh, he got sent down to the minor leagues by the Angels in 1965 and subsequently opted to retire from baseball at the age of 23 after that. Very solid TTMer over the years as well. He was 80 years old. Yeah, different time, right? 1965, yeah. they weren't making a lot of money. And he said, he probably said, okay, I can go, go sell cars or do whatever and, and, and make more money. I've had enough of this to travel around. But, uh, you know, that that's shocking today. A 23-year-old would never retire in today's baseball. But, we're you know, Costin made the decision and, uh, you know, he just passed away. He was 80. We lost Carl Bowles. Carl Bowles was an outfielder for the San Francisco Giants in 1962. He's a um, William A's backup. And he... Uh, played in japan he had a, a pretty good career in japan he was not a ttmer carl Bowles. he was, was 87 years old uh bob miller our last one of the week a pitcher for a number of years played for the tigers the reds and the 1962 mets one of the original mets players there made his debut with the tigers in 1953 when he was only 17 years old uh retired after that season with the 62 mets uh frankly i probably would retire after a season with the 62 mets as well but uh he was a very good TTMer over the years, 86 years old at the time of his death. Well, that wraps up the Vern Rap Minute. Our condolences go out to friends and family. We are sorry for your loss. Next up, we're going to talk returns. Do you have a perfect 10 in your collection? Now's the time to find out. With the introduction of the CSG Perfect 10 label, the perfect holder meets the perfect label for your perfect cards. If you have cards certified with the original CSG label, take advantage of the reduced reholder fee of just $5 per card until June 30th, 2022. Get all the details at csgcards.com. Well, Drew, before we get into TTM returns, we've been kind of promising this for for a couple weeks now. Uh, And I I, I did a little feature on it in my article on Sports Collectors Daily this past week. And it's something that everyone, I always get asked about it. And you're like the pro at it. So I'm going to hand it over to you. We're going to talk about mailing TTM requests internationally. How, How does somebody go about doing that? Well, the biggest thing you need to start out with is for your outgoing envelope to whatever country you're going to. The good news is American postage works just fine for that. You just need a global forever stamp. They cost a dollar and 30 cents. You can get those at pretty much any post office. And if they don't have them at your local one, you can go online to the USPS shop online. They're a dollar 30. Just look for the stamps. You should say global international stamps um, or, or not. I mean, global forever stamps. It'll just, it'll get anywhere in the world for dollar 30. Usually they're kind of circular stamps. It's kind of like this little starburst pattern, usually a flower right. or something like that on it. 
They, they, they come in books of 10. I recommend just yes. buying the book of 10 because it's good to have them around. I know, you know, you know, I know not true. You, you, you do it a lot, but I, I just, I like to have one uh, book hanging around just in case if there's a, there's a guy that I stumble on, especially a, a hockey guy that yeah. I want to, I have it sitting there waiting, you know? Yeah. And I mean, with how global the entire sports marketplace is now, you can probably find somebody in 20 different countries to possibly mail out to you that you might need for something. So yeah, definitely uh, get a get a get a book of those. Keep them with you, and wherever you keep your stamps, it's good to have on hand. Your return costs are really going to vary, and that's where it gets kind of tough because you need postage from the country that it's going to be coming back from to be able to get it back effectively. I have heard of people using American postage on there. That doesn't guarantee you anything, though. I mean, yeah, it might work, but it's not going to be. Uh, it's not a. It's not a sure thing. And return costs are going to really vary from country to country, and even from size to size. Um, I went through and I calculated out prices from a bunch of different countries here. And some countries will have like a different rate for, you know, below 20 grams, below 50 grams, below uh, 150 grams, something like that. Well, I sat down and I measured this. I have, unfortunately, a little kitchen scale so I can measure this out. A number 10 envelope. So one of the larger envelopes that you use, like usually if you're outgoing, weighs seven grams. So you have to think that, you know, a smaller return envelope is going to weigh a little bit less than that. Four cards comes at 10 grams. You combine those together, that's 17 grams. So you can definitely get items back for a 20 gram rate. And so uh, that's typically your economy service in almost every country. Uh, they used to have something called an international reply coupon that you used to be able to get at any post office. And you could just put that in and whoever you're saying to could then trade that in at the post office, whatever their local post office was in any country and get a uh, standard first class stamp in exchange for it. Those are no longer in wide use. They're kind of tough to find now. I know the US postal uh, post offices do not carry them anymore. So Unfortunately, that's no longer a way to do it. So you have to go through the various countries that you're sending to to get their uh, stamps back. But you can buy a lot of them online. You can check eBay. You can check through various stamp dealers like a Herrick Stamp is the one I used to use. Um, sometimes you can, if you can find a good translator, you can find, uh, you can go through the actual country's websites for it. But the cost that you're going to need on these, uh, just I'll give you just a quick rundown of a few countries here that uh, would be common ones to send off to. Canada, their stamps are $1.30 for a return. So it's going to cost you probably about around a little over a dollar American to get one of their, uh, their return stamps. Mexican stamps, 11 and a half pesos is what you're going to need for those. For Japan, it's 110 yen. For uh, South Korea, it's 780 uh, Korean won. Australia is going to be $3.40 Australian. That's going to be one of your uh, more expensive ones right there. Uh, the UK is one pound 60. So that's around $2 American, a little over $2, I think. France is uh, 1 euro 65, Finland 1 euro 95, Sweden is uh, 26, I think it's krona is what their currency is, I think something like that, it's 26 of whatever their currency is basically. For the Czechs, it's uh, 45 uh, krona, kroner, something like that, it's again, sibling, some similar name like that. Slovakia is 1 euro 60, Germany 1 euro 10, Italy 2 euro 40, Russian mail, currently suspended between the U.S. and Russia after <laughs> everything's going on with the Ukraine. So not really too surprised about that one. But um, so I've had success to every single one of those countries, or at least I know people who have had success to them. So those are great ones to start with if you need anybody there, especially the soccer world is big for a lot of those. The hockey world, of course, as well for uh, Finland and Sweden and Russia, especially. And I've also had success to Serbia, Hong Kong, Slovenia, the Netherlands, Croatia, Denmark, and Bosnia-Herzegovina. So it's out there if you can get a hold of the stamps. That's going to be your best bet. I mean, you can put in money, hope that they'll uh, go and buy stamps, but 
there's a lot of them who I might just look at that and go, eh, no, I can't be bothered to go to the post office and you're just going to end up with it in the trash or something. So try your hardest to try to get the actual stamps from that particular country. Like I said, you can find them on eBay. You can find them from a stamp dealer like Herrick Stamps. You can hopefully find them through the actual country's uh, postal service website. May need a little bit of translation work on there, but it's out there. There are ways to do it. And there's at least a little bit of info on uh, hopefully how, uh, how you can try it out there if you really want to. Yeah. Also, Amazon is a great source for international yes. stamps. And I believe Walmart has a lot of them. So, nice. um, you know, in, especially Canada or Mexico, mm-hmm. um, you know, Drew has done it, had a, a great luck going all over the world. I've had uh, I've only done Canada and I've, I've never had a problem with Canada. Um, so, you know, don't don't let the foreign address scare you. It does cost a little more. Uh, you know, if you're sending over a picture, it's going to cost a little more. I probably wouldn't send uh, a ball or a puck or anything like that or a uniform because you're probably not going to see that back. Um, but, you know, if you ha- if you, you're comfortable with it, take a shot. You, you It's just, you know, buyer beware. But, you know, don't be afraid. Don't don't be afraid if you see an international address because there is success out there. And as Drew said, the hockey guys are great in Canada. The soccer guys are great in uh, in Europe. And these guys do sign. And then Drew just sent out a, a, a bunch of baseball over to Japan. So we'll yep. we'll see how that goes. Well, Drew, thank you very much. If you have, guys, if you have any questions about mailing internationally, just send it to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com and I'll forward it off to Drew and Drew, Drew will follow up with the uh, with you. But let's talk a little returns. Drew, uh, we're going to give it the wah, 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 right? Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Not, yep, not, not the greatest week. Yeah. Yeah, I only had a one for myself. Got a Raymond Harris back. He was a running back for the Chicago Bears and an Ohio State legend. Took about two months on the turnaround time on that. Signed all three cards that I sent to him. And that's the only one I got back. I did mail out a few, though. I got uh, So I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I had the failure on Morton Anderson. So I'm trying him again with $10 instead of five this time. I had the wrong fee, I think, was the reason for that one not coming back. Uh, Paul Russo, I was mailing off to him to finish off my 1992 Tops uh, quad rookies with uh, several other guys on it. Corey Snyder, my all-time favorite baseball player. I'm going to get a – I've got his 86 Fleer that has him and Cecil Fielder on it. So I'm finally hopefully going to get that signed eventually by both of them. And the 86 Tops with him and Joe Carter. Get that one done by both as well. A few others that are in the Allen Ginter sets from the past few years. Scientist Lawrence Rocks. Um, Denise Austin, who, of course, is known for uh, having several uh, fitness shows on ESPN over the years. Yeah, remember how big she was? (laughs) Yeah, she was absolutely, yeah, she was a huge name in that for quite a while there in the, what, late 80s, early 90s around there. I think she was on, like, the President's Physical Fitness, uh, whatever their, uh, whatever the... You couldn't turn on the TV for for more than an hour without seeing an infomercial from her. Yeah, yeah, that too. I forgot about the infomercials and everything, too. Uh, also, Travis Pastrana, who, of course, is a uh, legend in the racing world in uh, X Games and as was a NASCAR racer for a bit as well. And Valerie Jenkins, who's a professional disc golf player. But all four of them had cards in Alan Ginter sets the last few years. And so uh, my friend Chris gave me some of those cards and said, hey, go for these if you want to. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I've had good success with them so far. Might as well try those four out as well. Cool. Oh, I, I got a bunch. I, I actually sent, I got out two. I got five this week and I sent off. Uh, probably 30 uh, the other day I, nice. I i was hanging around and it was kind of a crappy rainy day and i said oh let me do some ttms and then i just got going and then it was funny i had my i had my daughter folding the the 
envelopes. I had my son putting on the stamps. I had my nice. wife putting on the labels. I was, I had, I had some, I had uh, my daughter then sealing them. It was like, we had, we had like a, a, a um, assembly line of TTM going, yep, which, was, yep. which was kind of fun. So you start out um, a Baker got, Corp there with, uh, with the whole crew there. It's like, all right, come on guys. We, you're going to help, you're going to help daddy do DT, DTMs. And they all, they all sighed and said, okay, but we, yep, got, yep. we got them out. So I had a cup. I had five, as I said. I got Gene Garber from the. Uh, he he was for, played pitch for the uh, Braves, Atlanta Braves. He was with the Phillies and the Pirates and the Royals. He was a relief pitcher, and uh, he actually is he's famous for um, striking out Pete Rose to stop him on his hitting streak when he was trying wow. to break Wee Willie Killer's uh, hitting streak back in the in the eighties. I think it would sometime in the eighties, and uh, he he's the one that struck struck him out. Rose was zero for three. And he got Rose to strike out for to to end the streak. Well, anyway, he signed his 1980 Topps card for me. He's a great TTMer, and uh, that he signed it in blue sharpie, and that took a a, a couple of weeks. I got uh, Tony Delk. Tony Delk played for uh, Kansas University. Uh, I'm sorry, University of Kentucky, and he was uh, uh, he won a national championship with them, and he played with a bunch of teams. Uh, but he signed his 2003-2004 Topps card. He was a member of the Celtics. He signed it uh, in black sharpie with his number, and uh, no no donation on this one. And that one took a couple weeks. Very happy to get this one back. Irvin Randall. Irvin Randall was a linebacker. He played for the Kansas City Chiefs. He also played for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And uh, he signed his 1992 game day card for me I, for my set. I haven't been getting, I haven't gotten these in a while, so I was happy to get that back. And that this, this one took about a month, but uh, he signed it for for no no extra charge. Then I got two back from Stanley Morgan. Uh, he played uh, was a wide receiver with the Patriots. He's in the New England Patriots Hall of Fame. He actually uh, finished his career with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Which I, when I was looking at it, it's like, geez, I didn't realize, I forgot he played for the Colts. But he signed two cards for me. Um, he personalized them. He does that uh, through the mail and he signed it in blue Sharpie with his number. And I, I got those back in, in a couple weeks. And this last one's kind of funny. I sent a car, uh, Eddie Brown. I, I thought it was, I was sending it to Eddie Brown, the wide receiver with the, the Cincinnati Bengals, from wide receiver with Cincinnati Bengals. And I sent him two cards and I sent it to the wrong Eddie Brown. <laughs> oh geez <laughs> so i sent it to eddie brown who played safety with the washington redskins mm -hmm. um in the cleveland browns as well so uh you can see it he sent me his 1980 tops card that's and, and signed it uh signed his name and number uh he might I, i'm sure i wasn't what well, wasn't the first person to send that off so now i have now i have a card ready to send off to the, the other eddie brown but yep. thank you eddie brown i apologize for sending it to the wrong person I've done that with Roger Craig and I did it with somebody else too. I forget who every once in a while. So I just, I, you get, you, you know, when you, when you're doing 10 or 12 and you're like, uh Oh, I sent it to the wrong guy. <laughs> Rookie mistake. So yep. that, that is my returns for the week. I, as I said, I got a lot out there. I probably have probably 50 out in the last uh, two weeks. So I, I should be starting to get a bunch of returns. Um, I sent, I, I stumbled on a, I forgot I even had this box. I stumbled on a box of 1976 um, tops football cards, probably nice. 250, 300, all, all, all commons. I forgot. Mm -hmm. I forgot I had them. I had put them in a number order and I put them in a box and labeled them. And I was going through something and I was like, Oh yeah, I have that box. 
So I, I went through and I pulled out like 30 of 30 commons, just guy. I really pulled out guys that I liked and cards that I liked. And, and I went through and I'm like, 90% of the guys still signed, which was really cool. So I sent, that's what I sent off uh, the other day. So I got a bunch of 1976 tops football out there. Um, and hopefully we'll get some of those back. Well, that wraps up returns for the week. Uh, we're going to go right into our interview, our TTM cast interview for the week. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Well, uh, thanks to my pal Drew, because we, we, I, I emailed this person a couple of times and, and Drew kind of rattles cage a little for me. We got, <laughs> we got Jeff Hofer. Jeff is the uh, director of marketing, brand new director of marketing at Panini. He took over for Tracy, Tracy Hackler, who, who went on to bigger and better things. And, and Jeff uh, has only been on the job for about five months. And I want to just talk to him about what's going on in Panini, what's been going on in the hobby. And uh, we talk a little national. We talk a little collecting. We talk a little some personal stuff. Uh, and I had a really inter- nice interview and a fun interview with Jeff Hofer, who is the director of marketing at Panini. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. It's not too late to participate in the first ever CSG Registry Awards. Add your cards to the CSG Registry to automatically be considered for awards and prizes, including a $500 grading credit. The deadline to get your sets ready is July 1st, and the winners will be announced on July 29th. What are you waiting for? It's fun, free, and easy to compete. To learn more, visit csgcards.com registry. Joining the show from his office in Dallas, Texas, is Jeff Hofer. Jeff is Director of Marketing at Panini America. He's pretty new to the job. I want to welcome Jeff to the program, and, and he's been in the hobby a while, and, and we're just going to talk a little hobby and, and Panini with Jeff. So welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, for having me on the show. It's it's great to see you. I know. A pair that'll be to Full House, right? Two Jeffs in, in one place, <laughs> so we love that. Well, I'm just excited we're both Jeff with J's, you know. Yeah, true. true. You, get, you get the G Jeff, and I'm just still not sure if I trust those guys. <laughs> I know I don't. <laughs> well, you know what? When I was when I was uh, planning to talk to give you the, my intro, I always like to give a, a good intro to somebody, and and uh, this question I didn't know, so I'm going to ask you, and, and I'm not not looking for exact numbers, but who produces more trading cards? Is it Panini or Tops? I. I mean, the audience is going to look at this and be like, this guy's clearly biased, but I, I think we produce far and away more trading cards than tops. I don't have numbers to back that up, but, you know, based on the sheer sports and leagues we work with, I, I would say we, uh, we win that battle, but, uh, you know, I, I welcome a friendly debate if there's one to be had. Well, I don't want to give you guys the crown if I didn't know. So uh, I, we'll, we'll say uh, the unclassified, right, right, uncertified crown that Panini is the largest producer of trading cards in the world or at, in least, the world. In the, in the, at least in the United States. Um, <laughs> you know, when you're in the marketing department, those sort of things are important. It is. And that's that's my background. I have 35 years of marketing. So I, I'm right with you. You're talking to talking of converted here. Um, have you guys... Um, overcome all the same supply chain problems that have uh, been a problem, you know, during COVID and, and 
you know, I just, I know my daughter just went and wife went just looking for a car and you can't find a car nowadays. Still, it's still a problem. And, and you know, I just saw uh, Upper Deck came out with their 2000, 2021 hockey set. And I'm like, really? It's all because of supply chain. Have you guys uh, conquered that problem? Uh, I would love to say it's no longer an issue, but <laughs> that would be, uh, that, that would be a half truth. So uh, no, we're still dealing with it. It's getting better. Uh, there, there are signs of, of, uh, of getting back to kind of a regular pace, but, you know, just like, just like you guys looking for a car, just like my wife and I trying to buy furniture for our living room. Um, it seems like everything is a little bit delayed right now, which is unfortunate for all of us because, uh, you know, it's, no one wants to be late on anything. Yep. No, I know. I'm sure you're an old school collector as well, like myself. And, uh, you know, uh, and uh, August rolls around and I'm looking for football cards and, you know, and, and <laughs> you know, February rolls around. I'm looking for my baseball cards and it's kind of, there's just been kind of a, a breakup in that natural rhythm. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta also know that we would love to be able to put all of those out when they were intended to be released too. So uh, we're doing the best we can. Things are getting better. We do have prism football coming out this this week i know i'm all excited i'm all all excited (laughs) probably more excited than you but i'm all excited i'm pretty darn excited Uh, as a collector and somebody that works at panini i am i'm excited to be able to talk about it well i mean the growth in in our hobby over the last two couple years has been incredible right just so many people are interested in cards um and, and you as a producer of cards now you're kind of in a different uh realm if you will um do you find balancing the needs of the collector those versus those of the investor difficult? Wow. Uh, good question. So, yes. So, like I you think... and I are a collector, right? I want to go to be able to go to Target or go to 7-Eleven and buy my packs of cards or my, you know, five packs of cards and be able to get cards. But I also don't want it to be 1989 where there's 20 million <laughs> cards out there and 40 years later, my cards aren't worth anything. So I'm kind of kind of in the middle, you know what I mean? I, I would say from our perspective, you you have to you have to focus on the people. Uh, what is the saying? Uh, stick with the one that brought you to the dance. I, I'm butchering that saying, but in that being collectors, you know, we we really have to focus on the collecting community and them as kind of our our, our core audience. And then, you know, some, some people are going to, uh, are going to see this hobby as an investment opportunity. There's not really much we can do about that. It's a, it's a really cool industry. So uh, I I can't, can't blame them with the growth we've seen. People see opportunity there. Uh, Now, with that said, you know, we, we still have to focus on the people that love sports cards and are collecting every card, not just, you know, the big hits. Do you pick it? Do you do from hot from line to line? So you say that okay, score. We're going to produce X amount of cards, and Donruss we're going to produce twenty percent less, and uh, Mosaic we're going to produce twenty percent less of those. Is that is that kind of how you you, you pigeonhole each line in terms of how many cards you can produce, or how is that Gosh, determined? That that's not a conversation that they involve the marketing guy in, but uh, yeah, I. I... I would be guessing if I if I answered that question. I, I don't honestly know how that's all sorted out. All I know is that I'm told which products are coming out when 
and then I'm able to share that information with my collector friends. Has um, do you, have you seen the hobby, meaning Panini, has it been affected by the underlying economic concerns lately, you know, inflation, high gas prices, stock market, uh, or do you think there's still enough disposable income out there for people to be investing and not invest to, to, to buy, be buying cards? Uh, I mean, we still are seeing healthy sales. So I, I'm sure there's some sort of effect going on there, but it hasn't, I wouldn't say it's hurt our demand. Well, that's, that's good. To, that's good to hear. Um, sure. You, it's healthy. Uh, you as a manufacturer, what do you? What are your biz, biggest concerns uh, for to, to continue a healthy hobby in the, in the next twelve months? I'm sorry, say what? Say like as as a producer of cards, right? What and you as a collector as well? What is are your biggest concerns for uh, having continuing to have a healthy hobby in the next year? Uh, gosh, well, to have a healthy hobby, I guess you know you you hope that the economy stays somewhat healthy, which, which is a much greater concern than, than our hobby. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we need supplies to make products, to put those out. Um, and then, you know, it, it, the economy needs to be strong enough to where people want to still buy sports cards. Do you still see a, a demand for real high, high-end products? Um, you know, well, I, I, I see you guys still releasing a lot of them. Is there a big demand for, for those high-end products? Fortunately, yes. We, you know, we, we've had some really successful releases recently um, with, you know, National Treasures Football. We just, we just put out uh, Impeccable Basketball, which is a fairly high-end product, and they all did well. So fortunately, you know, there, there's still there's still an appetite for those higher end products. Now I'm kind of old school. And I, when I was a kid and I'm sure you too, you like to collect the sets, right? You would, you would try to build your sets sure, or top sets or, or Donra sets. And do you feel that our manufacturers are kind of steering away from set collecting by releasing so many different variations and so many short prints and making it uh, really almost impossible to, to collect a set? I, I guess I don't see it that way. I, I, if you're someone who kept, collects base set, I feel like it's, it's a great time to be a base set collector because a lot of people are just going after the chase cards, which leaves a lot of your, your base collectibles available you know, on the secondhand market, if not just through box breaks. So uh, I, I don't think we're chasing that away at all. In fact, I love to see that. Do you think to the to um, score and Donners and some of the the lower price uh, entries facilitate set collecting more? Do you think scorned? Of course, yeah. As, a, that, as opposed a, to the, it's pro- a very like, collector friendly product. So, like, if I was trying to collect one of the select, I think select football, and it was like, oh my god, just to collect this, there's so many different versions of it, you know, and, and it just seemed like a, a daunting task to me. Well, are you when you say set collecting, are you talking about like a master collection of every parallel? Because, yeah, I mean, I mean that's you pretty know, difficult it, it, no matter the product. As uh, as close as you can. I mean, you know, just going back, like I collect the 1969, I collect the 1969 top set. And obviously there were errors and, and variations, but not as many. And there wasn't you're not dealing with all the short prints, but to 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 even even to do a just like a, a um 
I, I, I just started doing the, the Bowman, right? Bowman baseball. So you get a hundred of the regular cards and then you get 150 and there's a bunch of short prints in there. And it just becomes daunting to, to start, start getting all these short prints and, and variations, you know? Well, I don't know about you, but I, if a set is too easy to collect, it's almost a turnoff for me. I, I like the thrill of the hunt. I like to, I, I, I enjoy a challenge up to a certain extent, but I, you know, my, my, I have to tip my hat to anybody that's able to put together any sort of master collection of any product, because boy, once you get into the, the one of ones and the golds out of 10, it's tough to even find those products, much less you know, some of the, the one-of-ones get pretty pricey. One of, one of the, the sets that I really enjoyed collecting a few years back with the classic football, but that kind of has become a premium set. What was, was there a reason behind uh, making that a, a, a more readily available card as opposed to being a premium set? Uh, again, these aren't, these aren't conversations that are had with the marketing department. You're giving me far too much credit. <laughs> As much as I would love to be involved in those conversations, I'm afraid I'm not. One of, one of the things that really kind of had the hobby up in arms um, fairly recently is, is Topps released that Rhonda Franco Platinum 1-on-1 one -one card that was uh, found in a blaster uh, retail box, and I think in the Walgreens or something, um, is the, the randomness of the chase card. Is that something that you guys at Panini do you control where that going or is it just basically like, okay, here's the needle. We throw it in a haystack. We don't know where it goes. It could be anywhere. Jeff, I, I, I you may have to do a follow-up interview with the product development team <laughs> because I, I like, I'm literally not involved in any of these sort of conversations uh, as far as like what product is going where, or, you know, what, what's going retail, what's hobby only, or first off the line, there is, there's definitely a high level of randomness there, but uh, I, I don't know. That, that's a great question. Okay. Um, what's the lead time on card production? Are you guys working on the 2023 um, football sets now, or what, what, what's the lead time in, in terms of producing uh, a set of cards? Great question. I, I can tell you what's coming out this week. I, I honestly, I don't know what the product development team is working on at the moment because it's not fully relevant to me until it is a release date. And then, you know, we start the marketing campaign behind it. Do you have, are you involved in the, the, the designs of the cards? Like, I, I, not, you, not even remotely. Not even, not no. even remotely. No, yeah, again, you're getting, you get, I'm, I'm a hobby marketing manager. So my, my job is to be the liaison uh, between Panini and collectors when a set is releasing, letting people know and, you know, getting card images in front of them so they can understand what this is, what, what to expect, essentially. Uh, um, are you surprised at the popular, the popularity of, and I'll just use, say the second tier sports, the soccer cards, the wrestling cards, the all UFC fighting and entertainment cards. Uh, you know, before it used to be just baseball, basketball, football, right? Sure. Now, all of a sudden, uh, you know, I went to a card show a while back in the wrestling cards. You couldn't find wrestling cards because that's what everyone wanted. Is, does that surprise you as a marketing uh, director? Uh, it, you know what? I will say this. The excitement and enthusiasm behind the wrestling collecting community 
surprised me. I have some friends that collect wrestling cards and I knew they were very passionate about it. Now I had never seen that on a large scale until we released prism wrestling. Yeah. And then we saw it in full force and it was, it, it was trending on Twitter at one point in time. If that gives you an idea about how many people were talking about it, it was wild. And obviously we're excited to see that. We're excited for our partner, the WWE to see that sort of excitement. Uh, but I think if the WWE would tell us that they wouldn't be surprised by that because they know their fan base. Yeah. And soccer cards, right? Soccer cards have really gained in popularity in the last two years. It's wild. And, and obviously this is a world cup year. So we're really excited to see, what happens with soccer cards uh, come November, because, you know, the soccer cards really took off during the pandemic. So we, we haven't seen a world cup since they've really seen, seen an explosion in popularity. So I I'm personally really excited. I know Panini's excited to see what happens with world cup cards this year, the sticker albums that we're putting out. Yep. And then of course, all the other soccer releases, and, it, you know, it's, it's, I want to say soccer is maybe the most popular sport internationally. So I guess we shouldn't be that surprised that they're excited about the trading cards. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess every sport doesn't necessarily have a collectibles element with it, but now that's been introduced in full force to the soccer community. So it's been fun to watch. Do you have any other venues that, that Panini is going to be releasing this year? Or any other um, sports other, other than the, ma the majors? No, you know, it's uh, WWE was our most recent partner to be announced. And uh, I'm not aware of any more that are coming up, but, you know, they could surprise us by the end of the year. Who knows? Are they? Do you know if they're looking at the USFL or any other entertainment uh, venues? I, I'm not aware. Okay. I, I wish I could tease something there, but I'm not aware of any. You, uh, have you been involved with the Panini Points um, program at all? Uh, I, I mean, not really. I'm familiar with it somewhat as a collector, but that's that's more of a uh, more of something our e-commerce team handles. How about the NFTs? Do you, do you get involved with the NFTs at all? A little bit. Yeah, one of my one of my teammates does uh, more of the NFT marketing, but uh, yeah, you know, from a collector, I I've definitely checked out our NFTs, and then we've marketed a few different releases. But the NFTs are interesting. They are. I, I don't. I, I, really I truly don't understand them yet, and I've had people on that know oh, NFTs are a lot better than I do. But I just I, I'm missing something, if you know what I mean. I, I, I wish I could give you a concise explanation of how NFTs work. I, I, that would not, I couldn't do that for NFTs. I couldn't do that for cryptocurrency. Unfortunately, um, it's not my forte. I do think, you know, the, the whole smart contract aspect of NFTs where you pair like an experience with it is very interesting. So I think that's kind of the next frontier for us. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I'm I'm very interested in it. I don't understand it, and I've had people a lot smarter than me try to explain it to me. And I, I just You're not haven't found, I haven't found the allure of it yet. If you know what I mean, I like to hold that card. Uh, what What do you personally collect? How did, How did you get involved in, in collecting? How did you come to the hobby? Well, I've been, I mean, a lifelong collector. It all started with 1985 tops, and it was uh, 
it, it was all history after that. Um, but you know, I, I started out just, uh, one of my buddies, older brother had sports cards and we got into that. And then, you know, he eventually shoot us off. So I didn't want us messing with the sports cards as I can't blame him. And, uh, so we, we started tracking down packs. We realized there was a sports card shop that was, you know, half a mile from our house. So it, it evolved into us riding our bikes to, the local sports card shop or to 7-Eleven, you know, wh whichever we could get to. And, uh, and that was it for me. I, I was hooked and I I've been a collector ever since. Do you collect vintage stuff? Do you have teams that special team do you like? I see you got Kobe everywhere on your wall. Is, is Kobe your, your go-to guy? Oh, I, well, this, this is not my space. This is uh, just a, a room and the office, but of course, Kobe played a big part at Panini for many years. Uh, this is kind of our Kobe room, I guess, if you will. Um, I, yes, to answer your question. Yes. I, I love, I love vintage. I've gone through different phases at one point in time. I was only collecting pre-war boxing and golf and random, you know, tobacco cards. Uh, then I was more into, to vintage and pre-war baseball and, you know, before that I, I was collecting modern stuff. So I, I I've gone all over the place with my collecting habits and it depends on when you ask me as to what I'm interested in the time, but yes, of course I love, I love vintage. What do you see as the, um, the largest obstacle that the car producer faces in the next year or so in terms of, is it, you know, keeping the collector happy? Is it bringing in the younger collector? Is it, um, you know, the economy, what, what do you, what do you think you're the largest obstacle as a marketer and keeping, keeping people uh, interested in Panini and interested in cards? Great question. Uh, well, I think of, of course the economy could very well play into this. Um, but you know, I, I love what else you brought up about young collectors. Uh, and I think that's something we always have to keep a tab on is making sure that we're, we're keeping them in mind. We're making product available, making product affordable, uh, putting something out there. If, you know, 10 year old Jeff is at Target or Walmart, am I going to be able to find something? Am I going to be able to afford something? These are things that, you know, I think about a lot and, and, you know, I know our, our sales staff thinks about a lot. So uh, yeah, I think that's definitely twofold, but if you've been to a card show recently, you realize that the younger population is definitely involved and highly, uh, highly motivated. In fact, I, I think some of the bigger purchases I've seen at sports card shows recently have been made by people under the age of uh, 18. I know. I like where they get it's all wild. This money. It is wild. Right. I've never seen anything like that. Back when I went to shows, you know, my, my friends and I, as, as kids, my friends and I were spending our allowances and we, we were, we were buying out of the dollar box, not buying out of the, the, uh, the glass case. So uh, things have changed a lot. Were you at the uh, Dallas show this past weekend? Yeah, I went up there for a little bit. Yeah, it was, was, it was great. It was heavily, what, was the, what was kind of the feel of the room in, in terms of, of uh, you know, the hobby and, and kind of the buzz? Was there any, any buzz uh, going on at the show? Yeah, you know, I think naturally uh, with the, the Mavs in the playoffs at the time, you've got Luca, I heard a lot of people talk about Luca and Jalen Brunson cards. Uh, every Dallas card show I've been, there's been a ton of Luca cards in the cases around. Uh, 
Uh, so that was going on, you know, I always ask. So what I heard was, uh, modern basketball, vintage baseball were, was kind of the consensus I was getting. Do you, um, uh, we have the draft NBA draft coming up. I know, um, you guys did a lot for the, uh, football draft, the NFL draft recently is, um, that take, you guys put a lot of resources into getting cards ready for the, for, for the, the guys that get drafted, right? Correct. Yes. So we've got the NBA draft coming up. We will uh, most likely be there, you know, God willing, uh, assuming there isn't any sort of COVID protocols that keep us out of there. Cause I know I've only been here for five months, so I I should put that out there. Uh, So I've missed the years prior, but uh, I I do know that COVID, you know, put a damper on a lot of events like that in the last couple of years, but we, we were have. We were at NFL draft. Uh, we had a pretty big presence there and hoping to do the same at the NBA draft. Yeah. I think the NFL draft was kind of lacking that sexy player like Trevor Lawrence the, the year before. I don't know if, do you think the guys coming out from the NBA, the, 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 the seven foot guy from Gonzaga, and then uh, they got a, a couple other guys that you think they're going to, going to be uh, good enough to carry the rookie class this year. Gosh, I hope so. I mean, it seems like the products really rely on that rookie class. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think so. I, I feel like there's basketball, fortunately, is one of those products where um, even if it's a quote unquote, not less strong rookie class, the product still does pretty well just because of the uh, the, the vets that are in the, the product. So um, we always hope it's a strong class, of course. Now you guys will be at the national this year. You'll have a presence at the, at the national. I know we yeah, absolutely can't, we can't get into specifics, but um, can you give it kind of give it us an overview of what we can expect from Panini at the national? Uh, I mean, as I mentioned, I, I haven't been strongly involved in the preparation yet. We've had a lot of events, you know, that we, we we've had to focus on over the past few weeks. Uh, but Panini will be there. We'll be there strong. Um, we're going to have a, a, at least one party. So, uh, you know, the, the, the Panini VIP party is usually a pretty big deal. So, uh, I'm excited to learn more about that myself. Uh, and other than that, like, I, I can't, I wish I had more information on releases and stuff that are going to go on that all that kind of stuff is going to be figured out between now and then. Do you, are there any new innovate innovations coming from Panini in terms of, of cards in 2022 that you can kind of give us a, a heads up on? I know you, there's always uh, new new designs, and but is there, I, I don't know. Is there a, a new way of printing that we, we might see in the future, or a new um, you know insert or, or something that that we hadn't seen in the past? Uh, you know, we do. We have a new product coming out that it's uh, the first time we've done photogenic basketball so that's going to be coming out in uh i want to say in a month or around a month and it's it's really like a photo photography focused set uh a lot of full bleed cards it's it's fantastic looking i i put up a blog with some sneak previews of that if you want to go to our site and uh we're really excited about that it's going to be a uh panini direct exclusive so it's going to be online exclusive but uh it's the first time we've done it uh there's a lot of buzz around it some great looking cards uh, as you'll see in the sneak preview 
Nice. Have you had uh, any funny interactions with any athletes? Something, yeah, I know you've only been there for five months, but someone coming up to you say, Hey, I don't like my picture and shit's card, <laughs> or, or my mom really liked that picture. Can you get me a hundred of those or anything, anything kind of funny they can well, show? Well, we, we've definitely had requests for players wanting extra copy of their cards to give out to friends and family. Naturally, people want that. But you know, no. So far, the 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 players I've been around at signings have been really excited about their cards. Uh, you know, they they they've been certainly if you're a rookie and it's the first time you're seeing yourself on a trading card, no matter the sport, it's an exciting time. So th- those are the only interactions I've had so far. They've all been very positive. So uh, I've I don't have any you know, any super juicy stories as far as that goes, unfortunately. You were at the rookie, what was a symposium or rookie meet, meeting, right? They were all ta- having their pictures taken, right? For NFL the rookie premiere. I wasn't yeah. there for, for this past rookie premiere. Unfortunately, I, I was able to do, I was here in Dallas holding down the fort, but was able to do a bunch of uh, remote interviews with some of the players, but I wasn't there for them seeing their, the cards for the first time at that event. Oh, that's too bad. That would have been really, really cool. Yes. I'm bummed. I hope to be there next year, but yeah, unfortunately I, I wasn't there present at that event. There was a, a news item that we read on the, the show last week with CD lamb and he had some problems. He wasn't signing, wasn't signing cards for a company. Um, is, do you get to deal with the athletes on uh, getting, you know, get, getting the autographs set, set up and, you know, dealing with all that kind of stuff? No, we have, we have an acquisitions team that, uh, specializes in, in, uh, working with the players. So that they don't leave that up to me. I'm, I'm happy they don't because that, that team is really good at what they do. Yeah. That, that, it's, I would think that'd be really hard in terms of getting the cards ready to have them in the packs produced when, when you guys are ready to release, it must be a huge, huge undertaking. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the players, if you think about it, they're extremely busy, certainly during a season, but even during the off season. And then we have athletes in soccer that are international. So you can imagine trying to coordinate times where, where they're available, that it's not an easy thing. And again, I I'm, I'm happy. I leave that to the pros and uh, that's not something I have to worry about. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate your time. It was, it was nice to meet you and learn a little about what's going on in Panini. Is there anything you want to talk to me about, talk about that I didn't didn't cover? I, want, I don't want to leave anything untouched, if you know what I mean. Well, Jeff, I don't know you at all as a collector. Well, <laughs> tell me about yourself and your collecting habits. Well, I started collecting. I, I'm 56 years old, so I started collecting uh, in 1972. Okay. I, my dad was a, a pharmacist and he owned his own drugstore and he used to bring home cards for me and my brother when we were kids. And so I've been collecting cards since then. I have probably uh, over a hundred thousand cards. Definitely. Wow. Um, and um, I collect, I've been collecting autographs since I was in high school and I'm collecting the 1978 top set signed and the 1992 game day set signed. Those are my two par- current projects that I'm working I on. love it. So, Do you have the Eddie, Eddie Murray yet? I have the Eddie Murray card, but I don't have it signed. Okay. All right. So I try to, I've been trying to be frugal about it and try not to spend a lot of money on guys to pay guys to get signed. And Eddie Murray's not a, a free signer. Right. So, He's not giving that away. Right. So I do, <laughs> um, I do TTM, which is through the mail. That's what our, our show is about. And I send, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 uh, requests out a week. 
to diff, to different athletes. I, I love everything. I'm a, I'm from Boston, so I'm a I'm a Boston sports fan. Rooting for the Celtics. Go Celts. <laughs> I I well I I love that you do TTM. I that's something that I was so passionate about during my younger years as a collector. Um, I you know and I'm sure you feel this as well. It was always scary putting your 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 prize collectibles in the mail sending them off hoping a that you get an autograph but b also that you just get your card back if they decide they don't want to sign it uh but that that is so awesome it, it that is i think that's one of the most exciting and pure aspects of our hobby is the through the mail signatures i i love to hear that that people are still doing that a ton and that athletes are still signing through the mail do you, yeah, do you have a very... source where you go to find out who's who's yeah, signing there's two um, sites online. It's called Sports Card Forum, which is a free site, and sportscollectors.net, which is $15 a year. And they're both great sites. I actually write an article in sportscollectorsdaily.com, a weekly article on TTM and autograph collecting. Awesome. So, so it's, and there's a lot of websites um, that we share information, different groups and stuff. So it's a fun, fun community. And we, that's what, one of the things we do about, we love about the podcast and the radio show is we get to share our successes and, and our TTM, uh, you know, uh, requests out to people and let them know what's going on. So it's, it, it's really fun. Uh, you know, one of the, the, some of the newer cards uh, don't, don't uh, perform as well to get signed, you know, because they're, sure. they're glossy. So um, I, I do mostly vintage stuff, but you know, the, and the, and the, the current guys don't like to, they like, they want to charge. They don't like to sign through the mail usually. So we, we, we like the vintage guys, you know, I love it. I, I, I do too. I, I remember um, this, this will let you know about the error that I was signing. I remember getting my Will Clark cards back and I sent him two. One was, I want to say it was an 88 score and 88 tops and I still have them. And I was so excited because Will Clark was about as high up as I went uh, as far as sending cards out as far as like high profile players. Yep. And uh, he was a great TTM signer at the time. And I, I just, I remember thinking, you know, I already liked Will Clark, but now I really like him. The fact that, I got these back autographs. So that that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. Now that you're in the hobby, you have some leverage and you can meet these guys. And <laughs> Occasionally, <laughs> you know, they, it, 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 truth be told at our signings, these players are busy signing our cards and, and we try not to bog them down with personal requests. But uh, you know, if it's, if it's a non-signing event, that might be a, a decent opportunity to try to get a personal item signed, but I try not to be a pest when those guys are already super busy, but no, you know, sometimes I definitely want to. Well, you've been in the position for five months now. What has surprised you most about, about coming aboard and, and uh, being the market director of marketing at Panini America? Gosh, you know, I, I am shocked by how much goes into every release. And frankly, it is, darn near a miracle that anything gets released with everything that has to go through, you know, the printing, the, the memorabilia, the signatures, uh, it's a lot goes into that. So I have a ton more respect for every release that goes out through Panini. And I, uh, you know, I used to snub my nose at some of the, some of the releases thinking, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, you know, prism and optic guy, you know, I don't mess around with those. 
but now I, I have respect for all of them, uh, knowing everything that went into creating that product and getting that out to collectors like ourselves. So uh, I would say that has probably been the biggest surprise is just how much, how much has to occur and all of the luck that goes into every product that gets released. Is it kind of a little Wizard of oz in terms of, oh, you're, you've got the green curtain opened and now you get to see what's happening behind the scenes or? It is a little bit. And you know what? Uh, I would say one of my favorite discoveries that I didn't know outside of, you know, prior to working here at Panini was that um, our product development team is made up almost completely of collectors. So the guys that are, the guys and gals that are, that are, creating these sets and, and making sure everything is just right for the collectors out there. They're collectors like ourselves. So, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out what they would like or what people like, like themselves would like. And I think that that has a lot to do with, uh, you know, success of our products. Do you, do you get to see the behind the scenes in terms of watching them uh, cards get printed in the different, um, ways that they, they go i'm sure it's not like the older days where it was just a, a sheet of cardboard and they printed it and it was gone it's a little more involved than it used to be it's, it's very involved i've been out to the i've been out to our printing facility once it's uh it's not on site here at the at the headquarter building but um i've been out there once i was blown away i i could have spent all day out there i was only allowed to spend a couple of hours i got a tour and i was shown around and it was it was mind-blowing everything that goes on out there and it really impressive. And uh, to your question, it's definitely not just sheet cut cards anymore. Right. It's, uh, it is a lot, a, a lot of different processes that I couldn't even do justice with an explanation of. Yeah. Well, I would think just the logistics of it in terms of, okay, you have to get the base card in there. You have to get the rookie cards in there. You have to get the short prints in there. You have to get the one of whatever number okay. cards in there. You have to get the autograph cards in there and they all have to get in there in mint condition they can't be dinged or they can't you know there's a lot there's a lot involved nowadays in just putting uh, a wrapper around 10 cards like tops used to do with a piece of gum right well that that's when i say it it is a small miracle with every release it really is a lot goes into these releases as a collector do you have a, a favorite panini product i do uh court king's basketball we court just king's basketball it, it was just recently released and it's my favorite. Just, I, I love, I love the artwork on that. And, uh, you know, th there's something about that kind of paper stock. They, they do kind of a, uh, it is a, a, a I, I'm forgetting the word, but it feels like a painting that the surface of a painting. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I love it. It's great. I, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the insert sets in there as well. And it's just the coolest looking card that we do in my humble opinion i love the the fact that we do different levels of the rookie cards in there uh it, it's awesome the, the level four rookies are like some of my favorite cards that we do period yeah i love your select i love the panini select the, especially the football and the basketball i, I think the, those are, are by far um your most in, interesting cards every year I, I select you guys, is your favorite i love that yeah i i really really enjoy those so um, I think you guys do a great job and I love, uh, I love your booklets. I've never pulled a booklet, but <laughs> they're so cool. They're tough to pull. Yeah, they are. The, the, well, if you ever have a chance to pick up some playbook, you will be guaranteed a booklet 
uh, my Hi. predecessor, Tracy Hackler, that he says that's his favorite product. So I uh, did. I yeah, bought playbook I football got is playbook. fun. I got I got a couple boxes of playbook and I did not get a booklet. You I did have, not get a booklet. No. I thought they were for some reason. I thought no. that was a uh, on I got, average. I got, age box. I got a mega I got a mega box and I got a couple of uh, blaster boxes and I did not get a booklet. OK, now I guess I was thinking uh, <laughs> playbook hobby, but yeah, the, the retail may not have that. Good. point. Yeah. I, I, I try to do both, but I, I picked them up. I like the cards. The cards are nice looking there. They are nice looking, but I did not get a, I did not get a booklet, but I kind of steer more towards retail than hobby, if you know what I mean. But I will, I will pick up a, a hobby box every once in a, once in a while. So, you know, I'm, it's I, funny because I, I am surrounded by cards all day long. Yet every time I find myself in a Target or Walmart, I'm in the card section at some point in time you know, picking up a blaster, picking up a, a hanger box. I still, I can't get enough. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I as a collector, that. it's nice to be able to go to these retail outlets and there are, there are cards available, which, which is a, a lot a far cry from what it was a year ago. Back on the shelves. Thank goodness. Yes. Yeah, it's very good. Well, uh, Jeff, I really, really appreciate your time today. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, we'd love to talk to the, the horse's mouth, so to speak. And you, you're on the, on the front lines dealing with us every day. And it's very exciting. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot, you know, we're, we have an ever-changing hobby. So um, I, I'm sure I'll reach out to you when, when some big news breaks. <laughs> well, Jeff, I, I appreciate you being patient with me again. I, I'm new, not only that, but we've got a big company and we're, we're very, you know, we have specific teams that handle each aspect of the business. So um, I'm not privy to everything. And obviously I, I can't speak to everything, but uh, thank you for your patience. Thank you for what you do for the hobby. And uh, man, it was fun chatting with you. Oh, nice meeting you as well. All right, Drew, I am out of breath. We have just been talking and talking and talking and it's been fun. We had a, you know, we had a great show. I think we have over two hours of, of, of great content again this week. We, you and I just keep on going and we keep rambling and it's fun. It is. I mean, like we said earlier there with the radio show, we're so constricted as to what we can do with this. If, if I want to do 15 minutes about the 1991 tops baseball set, then by God, I have enough time to do it. So it's a lot of fun being able to just, you know, kind of unleash on this one. Yeah, and I think you know your your um, talk about mailing internationally was really much needed. People always ask me about that, so thank you very much for that. I really enjoyed talking with Les Wolf this week about collecting on a budget, and we'll have Les on again next week. Jeff Hofer, thank you very much for coming on, Director of Marketing at Panini. We have uh, all sorts of cool stuff coming up. We've got some big plans for the national Drew and I are all working on. We're very excited. Tell your friends about TTM cast. Tell, tell them about our, our podcast. Remember our radio show sports collectors club is on the sports map radio network. It is now on Saturdays from 11, uh, 10 AM to 11 AM. And on Sundays from 7 AM to 8 AM, the repeats. So you can go check that out at sports Drew, anything else? I think we are pretty well covered there. Yeah, we had a long week this week, guys. Thank you for hanging in this week. Next week, we have Brandon Brosal, who is producer, creator of The Cards Life. We're going to talk about uh, his fantastic TV show. And I think that is about it. I want to wish everyone many happy returns. We will see you next week.